When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself a, a Gun. Gun. A Sopranos podcast hosted by by both of us. Uh, and we, for those of you who it is your first time listening, welcome to the only Sopranos podcast that has ever existed. Um, now you might say, hey, I've gone on to iTunes and seen tons of other Sopranos podcasts. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, guess what? All of those guys, uh, their their podcasts are bullshit. Ours is the real deal. Ours has everything that you would have on The Sopranos. We have Italians. We have Jews. We have swearing. We have uh, full, f- full frontal nudity. That's right. Uh, and yeah, so uh, you're getting nothing but the purest Sopranos analysis on this podcast. Yeah, those other ones are Fugazi. They are Fugazi. See, other podcasts, they wouldn't know what that means. No, only they, us. They, only we know what Fugazi means because we saw the movie Donnie Brasco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a wonderful post-punk band. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was the guy from Minor Threat started another band. Mm-hmm. These are these are things we know. That's and right. this is the kind of information that you can expect to get from this The Greatest Sopranos podcast that has ever existed. Matt, what episode are we doing this week? Oh boy, Vince. Uh, we are now on episode 11 of The Sopranos, season one, episode 11. Uh, it's called Isabella. Um, and I got to tell you, um, every other podcast that we've done so far, we've had a just a plethora of super famous guests. People from LP, from Run the Jewels, to uh, creator of Shit My Dad Says, Justin Halpern, to uh, the host of Newsbroke uh, and uh, a show on TYT, and also a upcoming show on MSNBC, Francesca Fiorentini, um, who's also my girlfriend, and I love her very much. But today... Felix Biederman from Chapo oh, Trap House. Fe- yeah, Felix we got all, Biederman. We, we got all the guests. It's great. We got, we got all the big guests on this uh, wonderful Sopranos podcast, but this is the first time... We have zero guests in the front quarters. That's right. We well, just wanted to prove that we could do it, just the two of us, if we yes. needed to. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like we were always dependent on, oh, who's our big name guest going to be? But then we saw that the big name guest was inside of both of us all along. Yeah, it was the friends we made along the way. It was the friends we made along the way. And so, uh, yeah, no guests, just us this week. Hope that's okay with uh, you uh, wonderful listeners out there. And again, we're doing uh, from season one, episode 12, uh, Isabella. 
And I, I think before we get into this, I think we should let all of our new listeners listen to the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. And, and now that we've uh, now that we've got the theme song out of the way, we are going to uh, get into our first segment on Pod Yourself a Gun. Uh, this is a, this is a classic segment that we do classic segment we've been doing it from the beginning yeah it's called uh corrections from last week that is where uh we get something wrong and then you guys call in uh to tell us uh the things that we got wrong so yeah, exactly it's as opposed to call out co- culture this is call in culture that's right um uh, uh, because people you know they want to let us know we're wrong but they don't want to humiliate us uh and also i believe they directly called in this time to tell us we're wrong right uh yes that is correct call in culture see the joke works <laughs> it does work and here here we are hey guys uh this is joe a uh, big fan of the uh pod yourself a gun podcast uh just listened to your latest episode that nobody was any great time though i had an issue with your guest uh he early in the episode you talked about whether or not you guys knew that uh, Big Pussy was a rat, and he insisted that earlier in the season the audience was told. He's 100% wrong. He's confusing seasons. We do not find out until the second episode. I knew it! Uh, yeah, the second episode of the second season that Pussy is actually a rat. At the end of that episode, we are supposed to, we are actually supposed to believe he ran away because of what Tony believes, but that Jimmy Altieri is in fact the rat. They got they confused, you know, the fat guy with the other fat guy. Uh, yeah. It is a, it is supposed to be. I mean, audiences can figure it out if they want to, but it's supposed to be a big shock in season two that when all is said and done, he was a rat just like Jimmy was. In fact, some even theorize that Jimmy was never a rat. That, yeah. uh, but I agree with what you were saying. That scene where in the basement with Tony makes it pretty obvious. Uh, almost too obvious but yeah but loved your guest he was great but he was wrong and since you had a correction for us thank you for that by the way i have a correction uh for you for you motherfucker which is it was actually me who confused uh that we already oh what it was it was me i was the one who pushed because the reason why is because i was doing uh, a food challenge in which i was going back to uh watch the episode where they go to italy uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was making the uh, muscle pasta with squid ink uh, for this food challenge I was doing, and I was kind yeah. of studying that. And in that episode, I believe we know. I think we. I, I think I probably we see that Big Pussy is a rat at that point, and I got my wires crossed because I watched two episodes from different seasons in the same week. I think that's why. Wait a why. second. Wait a second. The episode where they go to Italy. Yeah. Don't I, they go to I- Italy in like the third season? Oh, well, we might have to have a corrections for uh, uh we're going to have to have a correction here because I tell you I don't uh 
I don't remember finding out that uh, that what's his name, uh, Big Pussy it's was actually, a rat. No, you're actually wrong. It's uh, season two, episode four, Commendatori. Uh, that's when they oh. go to Italy. You guys can look forward to that one. It's Wait, a great episode. That's, season two is when they go to Italy. That's correct. Wow, that just seemed like such like a, a later Sopranos thing, man. Uh, you know, this uh, that's the thing about this world building that they've done with this show is like the every season of Sopranos is so goddamn good that any of these things could have happened at any other point. They they came into finding their voice so fast. Amazing. Commendatory. Yeah. That's what uh Pauly says when he's trying to like, you know, uh he's at the cafe yeah. and he's just trying to greet people. Yeah, isn't that nice, uh, like Commander? Yeah, yeah, it's a nice way to greet people. Well, yeah. cool. Uh, thank you for your correction. Always welcome. Because that's the thing. We're not gonna, we're not gonna get everything right. You know, uh, no. we we watch the show, but uh, you know, no man uh, is perfect. Also, no, if we get nor, stuff nor wrong and you get hung up on it, uh, guess what? You're a nerd. We don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're mad at us, we're actually the types of people who will be mad at you. Yeah, if you want to listen to like a Sopranos podcast where they talk about, you know, where they get into like character psychology and like oh, col- color just. theory and and you know what the oranges symbolize, yeah, uh, and yeah, shit yeah. like that. Hey, look, I was a film major and uh, I remember talking about all that stuff. And guess what? It was really boring. Uh, yeah, no I've one never likes it. Given a shit about uh, symbolism or uh-huh. color theory, I think it's all yep. lame, and we're not going to cover dumb. that. And you can listen to one of those Fugazi podcasts if that's listen what you want. Listen to the Fugazi ones. We are the real deal. We don't talk about stuff like motif, uh, symbolism. Uh, we talk about like the art of it. That's right. You know what yeah. I mean? We're artists. That's yeah. we're artists, and we are art critics. Okay. So uh, this episode, uh, Isabella. Uh, we're gonna go to the Wayback Machine. Yeah, uh, this episode came out March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine. Great yes. week of a great uh, year. Uh, some of the oh, what, things- a, what a year! What a year we had in nineteen ninety nine. What a year! That was the, it. Was the year uh, that the uh, Sopranos came out? Uh huh. Columbine. Co- was Columbine nineteen ninety nine? Sure was. I thought that was third season of Sopranos. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, yeah, nineteen ninety nine. A lot happened. A lot happened. Uh, some things that happened on uh, March twenty eighth. Uh, WrestleMania fifteen uh, at the first Union Center in Philadelphia. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin beat The Rock in a no disqualification match for the WWF Heavyweight Title. It was still called the WWF back then. Yeah, before they uh, sued the World Wildlife Federation uh, or Foundation, and then they got countersued and actually lost. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty. Yeah, that was pretty great. I really that's my favorite thing about the World Wildlife uh, Federation. Um, yeah, good for them. Good for them. Fuck, fuck you, WWE. That's right. Uh, Jack Kevorkian uh, was on trial for you know helping people commit suicide and being Armenian. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely an Armenian thing. It was anti-Armenian. Uh, you know, this is pre-Kardashian, so yeah. like people didn't realize that it's okay. Our Armenians are white now. Yeah, we get uh, we get discriminated against. It's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, you know, we're yeah, yeah. one of the most oppressed uh, minorities, and I feel that as a quadroon. Um, <laughs> at the box office, uh, forces of nature and analyze this uh, beat out the first weekend of ed tv uh Ugh. which was actually the lesser known 
of the Truman Show type movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was uh, it was the ants to the Truman Show's A Bug's Life. It was the Dante's Peak to, or he was. It was the volcano to the Truman Show's Dante's Peak. I don't know about that. I I, I put those in reverse. Dante's Peak was not as good as Volcano. Well, you know what I think, but I think it was uh, lesser known, and I think Ed TV is actually underrated. Like Matthew Wait, McConaughey. Wait, was Volcano? Volcano was lesser known? I think so. I feel like Dante's it, Peak was bigger, wasn't it? I mean, it had Pierce Brosnan, but didn't Volcano have Tommy Lee Jones? Uh, that's, that's That sounds right. That's a big name. I think it had like Tommy Lee Jones and someone who kind of looked like Anna Paquin. And that's a star-studded lineup. Yeah. Uh, lifetime gross Dante's Peak was $67 million, Yes. Uh, and Volcano... Uh, was forty nine million. So wow, there you go. you're right. You're yeah. you're right. Well, actually, uh, you, you well, know when you're right, you're right. Including Vince. worldwide, it was one hundred and twenty two. But you know, look, we don't want to split hairs here. We're yeah, talking about split hairs. I was more of a deep impact person than I was uh, an Ar- uh, Armageddon person. Of course, so. you were. Uh, yeah. So that's it for the way. Oh, uh, at the uh, in on the airwaves, uh, "Believe" by Cher was still the number one song, same as last week. Rock. Do song. you believe? I do believe in life after love. Yeah. I guess. I mean, sure. I've never experienced it, but... It sounds awful. Sounds terrible. Um, yeah. So that's the Wayback Machine. Uh, in this episode, a little bit of trivia. It was it was written by a woman, uh, Robin Green. Now, was this the first episode uh, to be written by a uh, woman um, in the series? Um, um, let's see. What did, What else did she write? She wrote... You know what? We're not that podcast. Yeah, let's just stop right. this in its tracks. We're gonna if say want, we're gonna say that she was. Um, yeah, let's just say that she was. And you know what? If you have a correction, fucking call the correction hotline. Yeah. Do you know? Do Do you think that is why there are not any boobs in this episode, or do you think there was so many boobs? Oh, interesting. Or do you think there were so many boobs in the last episode that they decided to tone it down for this one? Yeah, they were like, listen, listen. There's only so many juicy titties that you can have in an episode <laughs> uh, before you've. I mean, there's obviously there's a quota uh, in every HBO creator's contract for how many boobies they can have, and I think they went uh, a little bit overboard in the last episode, and they decided, you know what, not today. Yeah, not today. This uh, one is going to be no boobs and a lot of action. That's right. Uh, the co-star who plays uh, the it, the titular Isabella. See, that's a double on. Oh, that was very good. Is uh, Maria Grazia Cozzinotta, who was Maria also, Grazia Cozzinotta. She's also known for Il Postino, and she was a Bond girl in The World Is Not Enough. Oh yeah, she totally was. That's right. That's and right. She, and she's just. Uh, She's just a very gorgeous, gorgeous lady um, to look at and uh, very well cast. She does look like our... I mean, she's the perfect Italian dream woman. Yeah, she looks like what we would imagine a beautiful Sicilian woman to look like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just gorgeous. And uh, do you have, what about let's do Bada B stories for this episode? Yeah, let's get into let's get into all the the wonderful Bada B stories. Um, so uh, first and foremost, you have Tony's depression. You know, uh, you've got Pussy as run away. He is nowhere to be found. Uh, you have Junior. He wants to take revenge on Tony and has put a hit out on Tony for uh, having all these meetings behind his back over at Green Grove, where his uh, mother, Livia Soprano, has, uh, you know, been c- held captive. Um, 
You've got uh, uh, Jimmy Altieri still up, still up to his old tricks, trying to trying to get people to say stuff on tape, allegedly. <laughs> um, and uh, then you've got the actual uh, failed hit of Tony Soprano, uh, and uh, I think my favorite storyline: uh, the uh, prom with a- AJ. <laughs> AJ yeah. is going to his junior prom. And has no interest in actually going. Is it we'll prom? Do... Is it like does ju- do junior high schools have proms? He's like in eighth grade at this point, right? Yeah, or... I guess that's a good point. It couldn't yeah. be a junior. It would be a like a junior high prom. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure. All I know is there's a limo involved, and I'm like, I, I listen. I don't know what middle school he's going to. Where there's a fucking limo involved. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a private Catholic school, so you know the kids there have money. Yeah, but. Uh, if you're dressing up and going on a limo with a date, that's prom. I don't care what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't even use. I didn't even go to a limo to my actual prom in high school. So, but yeah, then again, yeah, my yeah. dad was not a mob boss, unfortunately. That's right. That's right. Because uh, he was the. Is your dad Italian? No, your dad's the Armenian one. No, my dad's Italian. Yes. Hence. Oh, uh, that, yeah. My yeah, last name right. being Mancini. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. All right, I forgot <laughs> who I was talking to. That's I've right. had a long day, Vince. Sure, Men- sure. Mantini. Uh yeah, so those uh those uh in essence are the Bada B stories. And then of course there is the titular one, uh pun very much so intended and stolen from Vince, uh Isabella, the uh Sicilian uh dream woman who is um house sitting for the Cusumanos, who may or may not be a figment of his depression medication. That's right. Um yeah, there's uh so general thoughts on the episode. Um, loved it yeah. end of end of podcast <laughs> yeah B, yeah hard a we're done we're out of here hard hard a yeah uh, uh i thought no. it was a, a good solid episode it's definitely um one of the most well structured in oh, terms sure. of in terms of plot in terms of uh lots of things happening yes um, yes yes it's weird it's it's simultaneously one of the most plot driven episodes yes and yet there also feels like there's weird padding in it like oh really where where did you find where did you feel the padding i mean the whole uh the whole isabella storyline it's a bit uh it's a bit much um i mean i guess so it, it, mostly in terms of like it doesn't serve anything other than number 1 they were like well we can't show nipple but we can show a big titted woman <laughs> um but uh no, I mean, I thought it was an interesting device uh, to show um, Tony's kind of emotional unraveling and also him coming to uh, grips with, you know, his realization that his best friend might be a snitch. Like, yeah. I thought it was a, a good way of doing it. And sure, it's a little bit heavy handed with the like, you know, that's that's your mother. She right. represents I your mean, mother. He has. So first of all, he has an extended dream sequence of the. You know, of the the classic horror movie dream sequence where you show up somewhere and you and you tell them about everything that just happened and they're like, yeah. oh, Isabella hasn't lived here for over 100 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Isabella burned down 3,000 years ago. Yeah. And meanwhile, uh, there, there's a scene where Tony takes Isabella to lunch somewhere and then he has a dream in the middle of his lunch 
with Isabella, who is also a dream. So he's got yeah, like a, yeah. They pioneered the double dream sequence that we yes. would later go on to see uh, in Inception. And in yeah, well, in, in Inception and in uh, Batman v Superman, there was a yes, few yes, yes. double dream sequences in yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of dreams within a, a dream within a dream that he had. And and I gotta say, in terms of Sopranos esque dreams, this this isn't. Um, uh originally i thought like this was a mega only in dreams episode our segment only in dreams in which we break down the dream but for this one because the whole uh you know edward norton is tyler jordan the whole time twist of it uh they are not trying to give away that this is a dream although looking back at it um you know it's it's well, it's actually not even fairly clear looking back at it. They made it as realistic as possible. Yeah. She's for, she's for mean, some reason a dental student who's who's studying tumors of the gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but of course cancer is a uh and I know I said I said I wouldn't say this word uh but I'm doing it a motif um in in the Sopranos mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. representing uh you know mortality and whatnot. Um so you know there's that but just in general it was kind of like um they made her seem as real as possible so that when you found out it was like a dream the whole time or some sort of weird, you know, psychosis, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, But the other, the flip side of that is that, I mean, you kind of, when you see Isabella, your first instinct is like, oh yeah, right. His neighbor just happens to have this beautiful uh, exchange student who uh, is going to flirt with, you know, 47 year old, overweight mob boss neighbor you're like yeah right that couldn't happen and then when you find out it's a figment of his imagination you're like oh yeah that makes sense yeah yeah it does it totally makes sense and uh you know uh, uh again though the fact that he is a 47 year old fat dude um means nothing because james gandolfini has got to be the sexiest fat man who ever walked the face of the earth like the dude if if that dude was talking to Isabella, uh, if that was a real woman, I absolutely believe that she would be enamored with him. There's oh. just something about him. Oh, he's got big know? boss energy. He's got that big boss energy. It's just that BBE, dude. And yeah. like, there's just something about him that I think is just magnetic. And I, I get it, dude. The dude is uh, a fucking snack. Let's yeah, be sure. real. He's thick with God two damn. Oh, uh, he's thick. Uh, but uh, but the, but then you know even even that dream part that dream sequence aside, if you go uh, into the double dream sequence, even the like the dream within a dream is not very abstract either. And not yeah. only is it not very abstract, then Melfi comes later in the episode and then just explains uh, exactly what everything in it means, which is yeah. helpful. Which is helpful if you uh, were born stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and have had never seen anything or heard uh, any uh, storytelling or read anything. But I mean, it, it, yes, again, it was a little bit heavy handed with that that whole thing. Um, but I I didn't look at it as filler. I thought it was done. Sure. Uh, uh, it was an interesting plot point and I filler, think wor- worthy fil- of the title of the episode. Filler is is too strong a word, but I, I do I do think it's it's slightly too on the nose in a weird way. It's just uh, sure. yeah, it's sure, like sure. yeah, it's a little heavy handed. But you go with it because so many things are happening uh, that are compelling and yeah. Um, yeah, I do have a I have a clip of of uh, Melfi explaining the entire dream sequence uh, right here. What did the baby have a name? 
She was calling and I told her. Anthony, your fantasy, that's, that's you, that little baby. And Isabella, that she was nursing you. I don't. I've never been to talk therapy, but I don't. I don't know if they're that uh, specific when they're when they're telling when they're explaining your dreams. I mean, especially given the fact that she has never really uh, told him straight up anything what anything means before, and he's been frustrated by this. Uh, it is kind of one of those strange moments where, uh, you know, she just decides to explain. The, exactly what's going on in the show it's almost like that was like a note from the like the network <laughs> yeah. executives yeah. who were like explain the dream yeah can people, you make this more clear yeah people are people are fucking stupid all right <laughs> well they're still we they're still used to network audiences at this point i don't th- like we're not sure we we haven't uh come into the heyday of prestige tv yet so you gotta explain no, things a sure little haven't. more clearly um other thoughts on this episode uh Going into the junior aspect of this episode, I feel like this was we're watching uh, that uh, that Gore Vidal quote uh, play out. You know, where he, the, oh, yeah. the quote where he's like, you know, the most dangerous thing in the world is a is a sissy with a gun. Like you give a sissy with a gun, uh, yeah, you give yeah. a sissy a gun and he'll kill everything in sight. This is like Junior is at his because he's like weak. He's so much more ruthless. Like he, I mean, he he figures out yeah, that Tony yeah. has undermined him. He immediately wants to have him killed. And then yep. there's the scene with uh, I don't know the guy's name who they contracted the hit out to. Uh, yeah, but that guy's a, he's a character actor I've seen on a few HBO shows. Uh, he played uh, a version of the guy who directed the Brown Bunny. In uh, he was like a Vincent Gallo. Is that the name? That's of that his name. Yeah, he was like a Vincent Gallo type on Entourage. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, go ahead. That guy was contracted to kill, uh, to kill Tony, or yeah. at least to find people to do so. And so, and then Junior's like worried about the hit, and he's like, I don't like that. And so they immediately just shoot that guy in the head. Uh, so right, yeah, we I see just... how dangerous. Like a mob boss Sissy's, who, is, yeah. who has a, uh, a inferiority complex or a weakness complex is, is way more dangerous than one sure. who's tough. But here's a question I have. Um, do you think that when he was saying he didn't like the fact that the guy was, you know, he had a big mouth because uh, he was making fun of the fact that Tony's mom wants him killed. Um, do you think that he wanted um what's that guy fuckface mcgee mikey um, palmies you think he wanted mikey palmies to whack him because the reaction that he had when he shot him was kind of like he looked startled yeah it, it's, it's it looked it's like am- he had never it's ambiguous like yeah and, and which leads me to wonder like how often has junior ever been put in the position to either to like push a button on a guy uh in in mob speak like how often is he i know he uh it's implied that he had something to do with the uh pussy malanga hit which happened before uh, uh you know in the in the first episode of the sopranos or second um 
which is something you never see happening. But like his reaction to that was was so startled that it startled me. It started making me go like. I understand that he's a sissy with a gun, but how sissy are we talking here? Right. Like, is he someone who is who has been shielded from this violence in some way? Because uh, you you know you never see him. He's never hanging out with the guys. You know, at the I Bing. don't think he's been and, a, and like seeing yeah. seeing the violence firsthand. You know, uh, you never really see him in a position to to see violence like that. I don't think he has been in the position where he has psychopaths trying to please him. Uh, before yes, I yes. Don't, I don't, that's so I think agreed. I think that's what it was. And when he said, uh, you know, I don't like this uh, because he doesn't like to be reminded that uh, that uh, Livia has essentially ordered this hit because again makes him feel like weak again because he's not calling the shots. And then uh, yeah, and then as soon as he calls, says the guy he has a big mouth. That was kind of like the guy's death warrant because you can't say you can't imply that a guy's a rat in front of Mikey Palmese because, you know, Mikey Palmese just wants to kill people. Right, right. So, I mean, he must have known that that is what's going to happen. He he must have known that the dude was just, but maybe he just wasn't expecting him to just shoot him no, right there. I don't and think then. he knew that that was going to happen. I think he has a knee jerk reaction to anyone uh, bringing up Livia being behind this hit, and and, it, yeah, and it's yeah. in the first scene. It's in the first scene too, where they're at the funeral par- parlor, where I have a clip of that also. And his mouth about the Brendan Falone hit. Is that what him and my other cop was talking about behind my back at a fucking old folks home? Well, the meetings adjourned at the Green Grove. Chucky and I spoke to Donnie P and the thing, it's happening tomorrow. That quick, good. Yeah, black guys, it'll never lead back. They're gonna be subdued in this place. Look at her like that, Mario Lean gave me my first hand job, me and Vincent Miniscalco in the alley behind the chicken market. Saying that this poor woman's wake. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know that's all, so she didn't have to worry. Everything's taken care of about Tony. Let's go. When I was a little kid, no, no older than that, I always used to wonder why nobody collected prayer cards like they collect baseball cards. Thousands of bucks for wholeness Wagner and jack shit for Jesus, huh, Mike? It's going down on a newsstand that he goes to by the medical center. Where he spills his guts and some fucking shrinks coffee. So I just like that uh, Junior's trying to reminisce, and Junior really has missed his calling as like a right wing radio host because he's like, oh, hey, totally. What's the world coming to? We got, you know, people are trading <laughs> baseball cards instead of prayer cards. <laughs> you know, they don't even say the Pledge of Allegiance in class no more. That's why we got all this violence in the world. You know who I think yeah, is he- the MVP at NBA? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, he seems to want to avoid, uh, you know, directly not just talking about um, the hit, but even just thinking about right. it. Right. Because there's, it's just like for him, there's, it's, it's, he, uh, he just wants to say it's done and have it be over with like that's why you know when when it doesn't happen and the first thing he does is vomit it's just like that's when you know oh man this guy is he is that sissy with a gun like this yeah. dude well, he is, just wants to re- not he wants to reminisce this. and people keep stopping him from reminiscing right right yeah yeah i mean that's really you know the problem is he just got into the wrong business right, right. Yeah. he just he, things he were better been. hand jobs used to be awesome 
Yeah, yeah. Hand jobs were great, you know, there was, especially when you, done by an elderly woman. You bought your meat from a chicken market. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that back when America was great. <laughs> the chicken market is a really enjoyable phrase for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's interesting, too, because... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, when the hit does get carried out, um, and Tony survives, there's that great scene where both Livia and Junior are freaking out about it. And that's when, you know, and, and I've rewatched the series multiple times trying to pinpoint the truth about Livia, Mm -hmm. whether or not she actually knew what was happening whether or not she wanted tony dead whether or not you know is she is she you know faking her dementia is she uh like is is junior misreading her the way uh he was misread by mikey palmese and the answer the answer is no the answer the answer is absolutely not and i i think this is the closest to being absolutely not this is to me uh, it's this episode and the next episode where it's like it feels fairly clear that Livia is is orchestrating this, but it's still honestly it's still kind of up in the air. I, I don't I, know. I got for the sure. clip where I think she all but basically tells him to do it. It's just okay. It's there outside. It's supposed to be windy, which is kind of funny because I don't think I don't think they actually had a wind on the day they were supposed to shoot that, so they had to like overcompensate uh oh, with yeah. the with the sound effects a little bit. Yes. Which I think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, just the, the dialogue. I feel like she all but orders it here. Either way it comes down to the dinner table. I don't want to know. In his band for it's seven o'clock in the evening. Some bargain. That's all anyone should have to pay for a movie. My cousin Keiki, after he had his lobotomy, looked exactly like my son. Livia. Empty. A shell. Better Keiki had died than go on living like that. That's what his own mother always used to say. Talk about it anymore. I don't want to... Better he should be dead. That's what his own mother used to say. Okay, yeah. But, the, like, the, that is not out of the ordinary for Livia to be talking about. She's been talking about infanticide... Uh, uh, like uh, the entire season, like that's that's her main go-to thing. Well, you it's, see, uh, what Freud said about uh wanting to kill. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I and I get that. There's a subconscious thing there for sure, where she's ordering the death of her own son. 
Um, but but again, like the question is, how conscious is it? How conscious is she that she is putting all of this in motion? You know, because like she ta- she says three things. The entire show is is her saying, I don't like that kind of talk. Mm-hmm. And and it's, uh, you know, you hear about the, uh, you know, the mother who killed her babies and it's ah, something racist. You know, it's like it's those things. Well, that's because that's oh. her and Junior's generation. They're both doing the same thing is where they know they want the horrible thing, but you're not allowed to talk about the horrible thing where she's, you know, true, you, true, true. You, you can want your son dead, but you still get upset when people uh, just tell you what you just said back to them, basically. Yeah. And, and again, I don't, I don't, uh, to me, the biggest, like the most clear point at which, uh, I felt like, oh yeah, she definitely ordered the hit was her, uh, random onset of dementia Yeah, where she all of a sudden doesn't recognize, uh, Meadow. Yeah. Um, and, and that's because the old dementia dodge. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, and Junior even says, like, you know, oh, it's a really convenient time for you to start forgetting things, Mm -hmm. you know. So to me, that kind of spells it out pretty quickly, pretty clearly that she is, uh, she's faking it in order to, like, try to get off the hook for this. But yeah, you know, what I'm really trying to say is the, the actress playing Livia and the writing of that character is so fucking perfect yeah. that we still can't say defini- definitively whether or not she is actually, you know, consciously trying to have her own son killed. Yeah, and then That's what that's what I think. Yes. I agree with that. And two two great scenes that I want to highlight in this episode. Uh first of all, just the way that uh hit scene is shot uh is pretty great. You know, we go from slow motion when he sees it all he sees it like tony sees it all about to play out uh and then it goes back into uh regular mode like life goes into normal speed once it starts to happen and he sort of snaps him back uh into reality i thought that was great yep yeah that being said uh this is another example of incompetent black black criminals in this show i know (laughs) i know it's becoming a little bit of a trope i don't know sure is uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, they're always trying to tell that line between like, no, 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 no. You see the the show isn't racist. It's the world of the show is racist. But then they are like, but all of our black characters are bumbling. Oh, yeah. Which, it's, it's, it is, it's pretty, pretty racist. It's on the line because like sort of everybody like like almost everyone's bumbling. Yeah, everyone's everyone's bumbling. bumbling. And I do think that there is a higher truth that uh every 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 plot involves at least like three fuck ups yes. in real life. Yeah. And uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then the uh, but then the way they talk about it afterwards uh is very much like, "Oh yeah, the black guys fucked it up." Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, and, and I love that they're like, uh, you know, don't worry, the hitman are a couple black guys, so it'll never get traced back to us, which is that to me is a very 
funny, intentional, like, uh, racist logic that they wrote in, <laughs> yeah. which is like, you know how black guys just left and right are killing white people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just all the time. You can't, you can't go to your uh, local corner store and buy some orange juice without a couple of black guys running up on you and killing you. <laughs> like as if, as if a couple of black guys killing a mob boss wouldn't immediately be read as a hit. Well, you know? I mean, they might be correctly, uh, they might be correctly assuming the racism of the police who come to, who come to look at it, where they, where sure, they might... the racism of the, oh, or the racism of the mob boss who was just like, oh, you know, don't worry. It was just the blacks <laughs> like, you know, but no, come on. Like any, any mob boss who's getting killed is immediately like you know there, very rarely is there a random killing of a mob boss except for that QAnon yeah, guy. I was gonna say yeah <laughs> except for in Staten Island where the Gambino boss got killed by a QAnon guy because the mob boss didn't want some crazy QAnon truther seeing his daughter which oh, would have been man. an incredible soprano storyline oh my god just the perfect one and the worst part is is like that I think would would be AJ. AJ would be the QAnon <laughs> kid. Yeah, just you know, killing a mob boss because he's just like I've been reading some stuff online. You should check it out. Yeah, or or Brendan Falone. I could see you know if Brendan Falone oh, was sure. still alive, he I could see him being a QAnon guy. Now, did you notice the uh, Godfather reference in in the attempted hit uh, with the oranges? That's right, baby. I did not because, again, I do not give half of a shit about uh, symbolism, but I did read uh, Alan Sepinwall's uh, essay about it uh, where, he just, yeah, where, he, yeah. where he brought that up. Yeah, I mean, but it's, uh, you know, I think for a show about people who are obsessed with The Godfather, I thought it was a nice little, you know, it's uh, throwing them a bone. Sure. Or, yeah, well, as soon know, as he orange. bought the orange juice, like, I immediately was like, man, that's a big thing of orange juice uh, to buy, which I guess fits in with, you know, you're depressed and you're in your bathrobe and you just want to drink a whole jug of orange juice that day. Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, but then it immediately became like a prop in the killing, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, luckily they uh, shot the orange juice and didn't shoot him. Um but yeah, uh, again, you know, the uh, the hit failed and uh, immediately revived a depressed Tony, which uh, which is wonderful uh, if you think about it, because like what I got from that is that like the depression that Tony is feeling uh, with the whole um, pussy, uh, you know, big pussy problem where he might be a snitch and has now run away and he's not sure and all that stuff like that's the stuff that he has to focus on in that moment is like, he feels like that's all that he has to focus on. There's nothing else in his life going on other than this one terrible thing. He even says when he's in therapy, like, I don't even know why I come here anymore. <laughs> I guess I got nothing else to do. And it's like, uh, of course you have other things to do, Tony. I mean, you literally run all of crime in, in North Jersey, but uh, the moment that someone tries to kill him what he's really feeling isn't just the adrenaline of that, but it's kind of like, thank God I have something else to focus right. on. Like, I, like, I think it's very believable I, that your brain would put, you know, existential depression on the back burner when you're dealing with, you know, a direct threat to your life. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But I, I, I still, I absolutely believe that what 
that hit did for him emotionally was refocus his brain from like, okay, now I'm not bored. Now I have something <laughs> yeah, to do. I got a job. Now, yeah. I got a job to do. You know, it's like, you know, because if you're just thinking about your friend possibly being a snitch and you're just like, well, I've, uh, you know, I, I run North Jersey and fucking collecting money, but what's the point? You know, mm -hmm. he's he's got ri he's got normal rich dude depression. Yeah, but now he's important uh, enough that someone wants to kill him. So exactly, yeah. it's flattering. Almost, exactly. he's just like, oh, you know, now now he gets to do what he does best, which is solve his problems with violence. Because <laughs> there's nothing, th there's nothing you can do when you know uh, you're you're you know he's got his best friend is run away. He's sad about that. You know, he can't even kill him. He can't even solve this problem with violence. And now he can. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a, a a wonderful a wonderful point that the show made. Yeah, that was excellent. Um, and then also just this episode in a larger sense is sort of the culmination of this kind of mommy dearest storyline where yeah. uh, his mom wants to kill him, which uh, which I don't know. I like I I like it as a plot point. I don't necessarily uh, find it like necessarily super believable like i was thinking more about the writers and i was i was trying to th i was trying to think whether it's a gen x thing or a boomer thing to sort of uh think that your parents hate you enough to want to kill you yeah i mean that's actually that's a great question i mean to me it seems very personal and specific to david chase and his relationship with his mother rather than being like necessarily a generational thing mm -hmm. but don't you think uh, i feel like that's a very generational thing where uh boomers yeah, and gen so. x are just like oh man i you know who i'd fight i'd fight my dad yeah 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 that's true they all want to beat up their dad and and uh and they and it's all in self-defense because they think that uh, you know and maybe yeah that generation was probably beating the shit out of their kids you know yeah uh, so so i i kind of get it. It, it it definitely could be generational but in terms of like this particular uh you know psychosis of livia soprano it's so specific that all you can think is fuck david chase's mom was fucked up <laughs> holy yeah. shit yeah. bro like like I, listen I'm not. I don't have a perfect mom. You know, she calls me and gets me worried about my other family members sometimes, <laughs> and like she tends to over exaggerate. You know, just how just how fucked up everyone else's lives are sometimes, and yeah, you know, it's like uh, sometimes she can uh, keep me on the phone for longer than uh, you know maybe I have time. She for. doesn't take but the cues that you want to get off the phone. She just steamrolls right through them. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you know, if I see her in person, we'll have a two hour long conversation. and It will be wonderful. She's a great conversationalist. Love my mother. Great person has never once hinted that she wants me dead. And, uh, you know, even in in her worst moments, uh, I, I still believe that she would want me alive. <laughs> so I, I I just can't I can't imagine this is anything but a very, very personal uh, you know, story about David Chase's fucked up mom. But I can you definitely know? see going to uh, therapy and becoming um, yeah. so so self-involved that like not only do you think your parents were like bad people, but they actually like had it in for you. I feel like that's like yeah. another, it's, a, it's one level to be like, all right, well now I'm realizing that maybe my mom isn't so great. And then they go all the way to the point where it's like, oh yes, my mother is literally trying to kill me. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And definitely that is something of that generation specifically in which like uh like therapy was a way to find a way to blame all your shortcomings on your parents. <laughs> yeah. Um and and not that that's maybe necessarily changed. I mean, we're definitely a generation that blames uh, boomers and Gen Xers for everything wrong. And but we're right is the problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're right. They, they weren't. Our generation is definitely right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our generation will always be looked at as the correct generation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like what what I do love about that line of thinking though is that it really does feed into. Livia and Junior's line of thinking. Uh, I mean, Livia specifically, where she's like, "Oh, I bet you go there and just talk about how terrible your mother was," uh-huh. and it's like, "Yeah, that's kind of on the nose." Uh, like, y- you got it. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what we do. Uh, you know, so she's not wrong. You know, uh, that is that's the point. Yeah. Um, so we got uh, I, before we go, we did get an email that I wanted to uh, a listener email. Which oh. he's got a story, so I've, I like I like listener stories. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, uh, this one is directed more towards Vince since he's talks about his crazy Italian grandma a, f- a few times. Uh, I wanted to know if you have any specific stories where your Italian grandma said or did anything that proved she was on uh, Olivia's insanity level. Uh, my grandma moved to Canada from war-torn Italy, so she probably had every right to be as paranoid and nuts as she was. But she did a few things that made me watch Livia and realize that she was one of the most realistic characters ever written. Uh, one moment that resonates with me was when I made a surprise visit to her, to her, but I hadn't seen her for a year. I was in college, so I probably gained my freshman 15. She didn't believe it was me. You're not Brian, you're fat. I had to show her my identification. <laughs> I had to show her my identification through a fucking screen door to prove it was me, and even then she seemed hesitant. Then she made me take her grocery shop shopping and gave me a hundred bucks for visiting. She did different variations of the Lord take me now, and it mostly ended with her telling my mother she wasn't allowed to come to her funeral. She always complained about our family not visiting enough and how lonely she was. But anytime we did visit her, my mom left in tears and my dad was fucking pissed. Never a dull moment, but looking back on these visits after seeing the Sopranos makes, Sopranos makes me laugh. Uh, thanks for choosing this show to podcast. It's been fun to listen to, uh, Brian. Nice. Uh, yeah, nice. no, I definitely don't have... Uh, I Like, my grandma, like, she doesn't... Olivia's way crazier, uh, obviously, but sure. uh, just like certain uh, the dr- like the the thing that re- the things that really resonate resonate for me are uh, just like general dingbatty things that she does with like not yeah. understanding the phone like my grandma could not understand uh, leaving voice like the answering machine the answering machine was like baffling to her and uh, and then and just the general tone of martyrdom i think that's probably a very common theme where you know sure. they love to be the big martyr and and to and to and to guilt trip you i've made i think mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's just like a catholic thing in general is it that sounds they, like a catholic that they thing. can only converse uh, in guilt yep 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 yeah. that's uh that's that sounds right to me <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as someone as someone with a uh, Catholic mother, uh, she's an Irish Catholic mother. Uh, you, my God, yeah, the uh, the guilt is. Uh, I mean, what would Jesus think about the way you visit? The don't, you don't visit uh, your mother. What would Jesus you say? Don't, oh, I'm so sorry. You don't want to have a full conversation with me on the phone. I guess I'll just go ahead and fucking kill myself then. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I guess I I'll just throw your... myself into the sea. 
Yeah, I, you know, and to me, that's that's like the interesting thing is like for all that Livia talks about like dying, like I guess I'll just kill myself or I guess I'll just, you know, uh, die. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Lord, take me now. Uh, she sure also wants everyone else to die, too, <laughs> which <laughs> which I love. Yeah, I love that. She's like uh, she's not going out you know like that she's not going out alone if she's going out she's taking tony with her and uh you know god bless her man yeah god bless the her. general the the tone of general morbidity i think is another common theme there yeah 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 for sure and uh yeah lot lots of very morbid my mom's conversations uh i usually whenever i come over i get updates on who uh is hurt which family uh, members are who, dying and how bad they're which doing. which ones are dying yeah how bad people are doing um i mean i swear there's one family friend who has been uh quote dying <laughs> sl- or slash killing himself yeah. for literally two decades now and i'm like at this point he's going to die at a ripe old age <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, uh, life well lived. Yeah. I mean, you know, Uh, my mom is, you know, technically my mom is not the Italian one or the Catholic one, but I, I feel like she has told me how this might be like the last time I get to spend with my grandpa for the last probably 10 years. And, uh, he's going to be turning 102 (laughs) in like three months. So, yeah. But that's the thing at this age now, you know, every time she says this, it's like, just probability wise it's true yeah no i mean chances are all you got to do is look at the actuarial table and you're like yeah well uh you know in terms of uh probability you're probably right yeah yeah definitely definitely Uh, one more thing i wanted to mention so uh i i I don't know why we missed this but so you know how uh so tony says something about it being his his like it being 1907 in his dream Right. Well, right. Yeah. The, there's like it, it just flashes by. I didn't notice until the second time I watched this. But he comes out of the chemist or the pharmacy, and on the on the window right there, it says chemist oh. since 1907. So that was clearly how like that got into his dream. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is uh, that sounds like a like a factoid or a tidbit from a lesser podcast. Vince. It's a it's definitely an Easter egg. Yeah, we don't usually do yeah. Easter eggs, but that's a little Easter egg for you guys. We don't give a shit about Easter eggs. No. We we don't want to find a hidden egg. We want the egg to be right in front of us. And then we want to point and laugh at that egg for being so apparent <laughs> yeah, for being so egg shaped. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it. Look how stupid. What do you think? We're dumb. You think we can't find our own eggs? Fuck you. <laughs> That's what this podcast yeah. well, is all about. I'd like about. to talk about the taste of the egg and, yeah. you know, the things, the, the more sensual aspects of the egg. I don't just want to say that it's there. I don't care. Yeah. I like to uh, mix it up, put it in a pan, scramble that baby, uh, you know, maybe uh, make a little quiche out of yeah. it, you know? Dribble it on some have toast. A, have a little uh, have a little weird breakfast that looks like a dessert but tastes like a breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about our uh, Gaba Vafangul? We got anything? Uh, we this do week? have one this week. Well, we had two, but we've already discussed ubats. We got ubats and jambot. And uh, jambot. And, and what is jambot? Well, luckily we got our friend Stevie B to explain it all for us. God bless you, Stevie B. Hey, how you all doing? I'm Stevie B, and the Italian American slang word of the day is jambot. Jambot. Me and my long-term girlfriend, soon-to-be fiancé Josie, have been eating. Thanksgiving, out to dinner with our ma, pre-Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving. Let me tell you, we needed a break. 
I got home from work last night and Josie had prepared a nice table and was making a beautiful light jambot. Tis the season to eat. My girlfriend Josephine and I have been doing just that. Ever since Thanksgiving, it's been loaded with culinary delights of rich, heavy foods. May I tell you, we needed quite a break. Last evening, I came home from work to find my lovely girl preparing a nice, light vegetable stew. Giambotta, and remember, tis the season for sharing and caring. God oh, bless DDB. He ended, he ended with a little cute Christmas message yeah. that I thought was going to be a call to action to subscribe. No, CVB doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Dude, CVD, Stevie B doesn't play that shit, and that's why I love Stevie B. Stevie B ain't about like the, the shares and the likes and the subscribes. He's not about smashing any of the buttons. He just wants to teach you how to speak Italian-American. He's everything God bless that's him. good about YouTube and none of the bad things. Honestly, I think that uh, Bo Burnham should make another version of Eighth Grade, except it's all with Italians who just discover YouTube for the first time. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I think I think Stevie B is always a good place to end. I think so too. Uh, thanks everyone so much for listening. Uh, our next episode, obviously, will be the season finale of season one of the Sopranos, and uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be a real, real special episode. Definitely smash uh, that subscribe button. Smash yeah, that yeah, like. we. We are no Stevie B uh, out here. We would really, really like you to smash all of the buttons and share this with your friends. Uh, we are shilling for you uh, and for ourselves. Uh, Frogcast at gmail.com to uh, email us with any uh, questions, concerns, stories, corrections you might have. Vince, what's the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, and thanks so much for listening, everyone. And until next time, I just want to say to you, tiny tears, <laughs> oh, oh, tiny tears. Now, who sang that, by the way? Uh, Tinder, Tinder logs, Tinder something or other. Uh, it doesn't matter. Until next time, don't stop. Tinder sticks. Believing. Sorry, Tinder sticks. Until next don't stop. week. Don't stop tiny tearing. <laughs> yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.